Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Fire up the generator. It's getting a little cold. It's glorious. It's not cold at all. It is the Indian Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. How about we fire up the generator and bring you this great program today? Always one of the highlights of the week for me and hopefully you. Many thanks to the stations that carry this Indian Outdoor Show. And it's hard to believe that we are about ready to turn over into, well, not only November, but the fall uh, deer season takes place here opening weekend for the firearm season uh, gosh next weekend is that right oh my no two weekends i can't keep track but it's here and a lot of folks uh, in archery season having a great season already i've seen pictures and a lot of venison going to be enjoyed Outdoor Indiana Magazine, not to be confused with Indiana Outdoors Radio, one of the fine publications from our Department of Natural Resources. It's award-winning. Marty Benson is the editor, and this time of the year, if you're thinking about gifts, no better gift to give, and this issue that's out right now has the calendar, which I attest is one of my favorites and is in my office and has been for years. He's going to be joining us here talking about his role at the Department of Communications. The Natural Resources Foundation had a big week. We've talked to them for years, of course, about the great work that they do behind the scenes for our Department of Natural Resources. Jody Kress is the director of the foundation, and he is going to be with us because they had an addition, uh, groundbreaking, if you will, or dedication of the Mallard Roost uh addition to the tri-county fish and wildlife area more opportunities for hunting recreation and fishing and you name it but the natural resource is so critically important behind the scenes so we're going to find out from jody about that brandon butler one of our favorite outdoor writers driftwood outdoors podcast hoosier native is going to be joining us he took a great big moose out in montana i love always talking about the success is especially fulfilling a lifelong dream remember folks we're brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org i'm brian pointer back right after this It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you. Happy November. It's hard to believe we are already in November, but it's such a joyful time of the year. And hopefully you've been out traveling around and seeing all the beautiful things that Indiana has to offer this time of the year. As you know, we are sponsored by the folks at uh, Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives the number two sign up to be that organ and tissue donor when you buy a hunting and fishing license and hopefully there's a lot of folks buying hunting and fishing licenses right now because we are on the verge of 
the firearm season in Indiana, which brings hundreds of thousands of people out into this annual rite of fall. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, it's always great to visit with our friends in the Department of Natural Resources, in the Department of Communications, the ever-important Department of Communications. Marty Benson, great friend of Indiana Outdoors. And frankly, I feel like at times, Marty, you're kind of like an adjunct part of this massive staff of one. And I can't thank you for all the, <laughs> for all the work that you've uh, done behind the scenes to help arrange for all these great guests over the years but i always like talking about your passion and one of the things that you have uh, dedicated a lot of time and effort to and the award-winning outdoor indiana magazine truly one of the best times when i open up the mailbox and there's an outdoor indiana and i know that uh we got gift giving season we got holiday packages we're not going to talk about that until after thanksgiving but always a good idea if you want to put some joy into somebody's life and let them know they're going to enjoy it all year long outdoor indiana is a great way to do that so with that introduction hopefully that's what you're going to talk about because we can talk about whatever else you want to talk about sitting high atop the throne of communications at our department of natural resources i'm sure you're quite busy so thanks for being with us marty my pleasure, Brian. Well, November, early November is the time our special issue of Outdoor Indiana that features our 2024 calendar comes out, uh, calendar for the new year. And that calendar is a showcase for our talented photographers, John Maxwell and Brent Drink It. That calendar is enclosed in this magazine, uh, takes the place of a about 24 of our regular pages, so it's a removable calendar. That's a, a wall calendar. We usually feature a ton of different properties and sites around Indiana uh, matched up by season, and this this is no exception this year. Uh, we start in January with the scene of Shade State Park, Trail 1, uh, hiker going through uh, one of the gorges there, uh, certainly accented by snow, given that it's January. Or I guess it could have been uh, even Halloween, uh, judging from a little snow falling around the state uh, on Halloween Eve. Uh, February is the Sandhill Cranes shown at Goose Pond Fish and Wildlife Area. Sandhill cranes are everywhere. We just did something with our friends up at Jasper Pulaski. They're all over Indiana. They're taking over. I love it. <laughs> yes, they are. And then in, in March, we've got an eastern bluebird at Lincoln State Park. We've got April with uh, toad shade and fall through anemone at Fort Harrison State Park. We've got a waterfall in Hoosier National Forest. In May, we've got a beautiful sunset fishing scene from Whitewater Memorial State Park in June. And we've got Fern Cliff Nature Preserve in July. A nice scene from Hubby Lake Fish and Wildlife Area of Bald Cypress in August. A uh, really neat picture of the seaplane fly-in up at Pokagon on Lake James for September. Uh, Chicken of the Woods, uh, 
fungi growing on a tree. Have you ever had that? Uh, Have you ever had that? I had it, yes. And I've I can't heard, say that I'm extremely fond of it, but it's okay. <laughs> I see people in the fall pulling, and I love all these Alaska shows, you know, and they go out and they harvest this stuff and they act like they're eating caviar while they're probably starving to death. And you could put uh, a dog turd in a shoe and it would probably taste good. But I've always wondered what that's like to go out and forage for that stuff. I've never done it. Well, I've not foraged for it. I don't consider myself knowledge enough to prevent myself from poisoning myself by doing that kind of thing. You and me both, but, brother. Uh, uh, a year or two ago, a colleague brought some in, and uh, I checked with some experts to make sure that it was definitely what he said it was before <laughs> I tried it. Because uh, you don't even trust your coworkers, do you? <laughs> that's, that's right. It kind of tasted like... Um, I don't know, an eraser with a, a better consistency. <laughs> that's, so anyway, descri- that's so descriptive because who hasn't taken a bite of an eraser? <laughs> exactly. It's been a while, but... Uh, uh, that's funny. And then uh, November, we've got a, a shot at Potato Creek State Park. Of course, we just broke ground on the new lodge at, for Potato Creek State Park. Very exciting. Uh, last month, Very last exciting. Month. And then we wind up in December with a nice shot of an eastern meadowlark flying above a Davies County field. So that's that's what the people can expect to see from the calendar. We also have got a nice article, a guest article from the First Lady about the the hunt for Indiana hunt for hunger, which is the rebrand of the sportsman's benevolence fund. It's essentially the same thing, but with a name that we hope will be more descriptive and get more donations of meat that will go to food banks. Uh, And certainly the first lady's endorsement of it will help with that effort. Boy, I tell you what, Deb Tree, she has been a longtime guest of Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry. And she has, after all these years of shepherding that passion project, has retired and they've turned over the reins and they were the new executive director was with us just a few weeks ago. But boy, I tell you. We'll just pause here for a second because there are a lot of Hoosiers putting venison on the freezer, in the freezer and on the ground. If you've already taken a deer and you still want to go and you have licenses and permissions and all that stuff, just know that in these counties, uh, nearly 100 processors, you can take a field-dressed deer, drop it off, no charge, and that processed protein venison stays in your local communities which is such a valuable commodity and i couldn't agree with you more it's a simple thing to do and if you go with a little bit of preparation and look perhaps in the the hunting and fishing guide or just go to the hoosiers feeding the hungry website before you go out on your next expedition and you're prepared where the processor is in your area i bet you're going to find it's pretty darn close That's correct, Brian. And there's also uh, an article. We only have one feature article in this current issue uh, because, as I said, the calendar takes up a lot of the space. And that one is uh, on our old friends, the invasive carp, and the work that's being done to control them and uh, try to create a market for eating them, frankly. Um 
Have you ever eaten any of the invasive carp? You know, I have said this when Asian carp were so prevalent in the news and years ago, and it was high alert from even the federal government. And I was thinking, man, if there was a way that this could be turned into some sort of commercial or food source and i have yet to find out if that has even happened because these invasives would be fantastic if there was a secondary market and i assume that there isn't the answer to your question is i've never had it not opposed to trying it but i don't know that uh i've 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 never really known anybody that's had a whole hey come on over to an asian carp fry i just don't know how that works i did i did sample it uh sort of what they they cut it into a, what is resembles a chicken wing, I guess. It has a big bone, and it's kind of like you stick it in your mouth and just pull it off. Okay. And the big bone is left. Um, no fishy taste whatsoever. One of those things that kind of tastes like whatever seasoning you put on it. Right. Um, it was it was good. All right. Um, the article talked about the article talks about how Illinois has led a rebranding of it to call it Copi, C-O-P-I, short for copious, to make it more palatable than carp sounds. Right. Um, So people can look forward to hearing more about that and maybe seeing it at some restaurant down the road. Right, right, right. Well, I would be all for that because that solves your problem. You know, at the end of the day, if... If there's a commercial market for those things, I bet you somebody's going to figure out how to make money at it, and that's always a good thing. Uh, We're visiting with Marty Benson, and he is the editor of Outdoor Indiana, but also a great partner to Indiana Outdoors. And, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the nuts and bolts and this great magazine subscription. Before we move on to something else, how do people order this? If they say, hey, that's a great idea, those gifts that you want for somebody that might be hard to buy and they're great to sit out on a coffee table, how do people purchase that as a gift? Well, um, you go to outdoorindiana.gov. Excuse me, I always screw that up. Outdoorindiana.org and also can look at INS gifts dot com i n n s g i f t s dot com um, or you could call the dnr the phone number at three one seven two three 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 zero four six right cost fifteen dollars for twelve issues or, excuse me fifteen dollars for six issues we come out every other month uh, so twenty eight dollars for twelve issues it is truly i've given the gift over the years and it's one of those that the trite staying saying it's the gift that keeps on giving year after year is true or year at month after month but i gotta ask because i love talking to people who are passionate about what they do how did you end up in your role with the department of natural resources (laughs) see i threw you there didn't i yeah that's a that's a somewhat convoluted question. I had a, about a 20-year career in college sports, uh, worked at the NCAA in publishing for 13 years, and uh, when that job ended, I came across the street kind of not too far down the road and ended up here at the Department of Natural Resources and was fortunate enough to start here. 
you know, and, and it's, ended up doing sort of the same thing, but with different subject matter. <laughs> well, you're invaluable to me, and I think people need to understand how the sausage is made. Every week we provide new content, and I see a lot of press releases. I see a lot of media around. I like certain authors and writers, and I follow their stuff, but you guys do such a great work because people don't realize the diversity within the Department of Natural Resources and you have to know a little bit about a lot and be a person that can connect the dots fairly quickly with the right people and here I am just little old Indiana outdoors but for all these 25 years we've been doing this it's been a great partnership Uh, and the product is fantastic award-winning Outdoor Indiana magazine I know you're very prideful of that as well Yes, I am. And that that diversity of uh, our DNR here in Indiana really helps our magazine. We um, interact with, of course, other states' DNRs and similar organizations or agencies. They have different names, but a lot of them are just restricted to uh, fish and wildlife, for instance. And we could have a magazine that just covered that, but having... The DNR, with so many different diverse divisions, allows us to put out a magazine that has a great variety and really has something for everyone. Well, it sure does. So you can always just Google Outdoor Indiana Magazine. Our good friend Marty will take care of you and his staff over there. Great opportunity. I love the calendar, by the way. It's in my office every year. It's truly a piece that I get comments on. So I encourage everybody. And I'm sure we're going to be back in touch with you before the end of the year, Marty. But as always, thanks for talking about Outdoor Indiana Magazine and the great work that you guys do. Keep up the good work and communications and best to everybody over there. Thank you, Brian. Always a pleasure. My pleasure indeed. One of the hardest working guys, one of the great guys over at our Department of Natural Resources, Marty Benson. Get your Outdoor Indiana magazine, and this is the time of the year we can get that calendar. We are the Indiana Outdoor Show. We're going to be back right after this. Don't you dare go about think about going anywhere. It is brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Oh, we just got so much more to talk about. Back right after this. Happy November. It is my favorite time of the year. Hopefully it is yours as well. It's just hard not to be in a great mood when you have this beautiful transition in between fall, summer, fall, winter. Who knows? It all blends together so quickly. But nonetheless, it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. When you buy your fall hunting and fishing license, which hopefully a lot of people are doing right now. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, I love checking in with our friends at the Natural Resources Foundation. And it's always uh, my pleasure when we can have the director of the Natural Resources Foundation join us, Jody Kress. Jody, first and foremost, it's been a minute. How you been? Been doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me again. And I'm, I'm glad that you've had the opportunity to speak with some of the rest of our staff. I, uh, I think we have a really great team. So I'm glad to get that opportunity. Well, you're referencing the fact we just talked to Marty Benson and Marty uh, and your other staff as well are fantastic at the foundation. And Marty kind of tipped me off that uh, you've got a busy time of the year because a big dedication up at the Tri-County Fish and Wildlife area this week uh, where I know the natural resources 
Justice Foundation was an integral part. Before we get ahead of the curve, there may be people listening on some newer affiliates or for the first time. What is the Natural Resources Foundation and why is that so important to our department? Well, Brian, the Natural Resources Foundation's mission is to celebrate and preserve Indiana's natural legacy. And we do that by raising funds to support the Department of Natural Resources and many of their programs. As you know, there's there's somewhat limited funding sometimes. So being able to go out and raise that support really kind of gives them a boost and, and empowers them to do things they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Very simple, and I love that. But it's so important because it's oftentimes the non-sexy stuff, but so important when these partnerships are put together. This Natural Resources Foundation, the nonprofit of the Department of Natural Resources, allows for being nimble, and you are a part of this dedication at Mallard Roost, and I understand you were a big part of that because there were a lot of changes that were made to make being nimble and acquisitions of state parks, properties, and public lands uh, through the, the help of the foundation. Describe how these things come together, especially this dedication that you're being a part of this week. Well, absolutely, Brian. You know, we, we couldn't do what we do without the Department of Natural Resources and their staff. So uh, this particular project or property that we just acquired was last year uh, was actually at Mallard Roost Wetland Conservation Area up in Noble County. And it's 158 acres of beautiful landscape. Um, and we are actually going to be up there on Friday this week. And Governor Holcomb is going to join us because uh, this was really made possible through his Next Level Conservation Trust funding. And the foundation really can step in for the Department of Natural Resources as a quasi-governmental agency. So we're able to move a little bit more quickly in terms of the acquisition of critical properties that have an ecological or cultural significance to our natural resources in Indiana. Again, so well said and so simple, but it takes a lot of effort to get here. And, you know, putting 158 acres back, there was a day when, you know, the government's trying to buy land or the government wants to buy, uh, the state government wants to buy uh, access someplace, and that could just take forever. But there's been a lot of effort, correct me if I'm wrong, in trying to figure out how to be more responsive to market conditions and opportunities and the natural resources foundation is integral to that you know absolutely brian and you know the state has a really good process in terms of of acquiring land to ensure that they are getting the land appropriately and the titles and deeds and you know all that back end paperwork um so we understand that takes time and it's it's really great that our foundation is able to step in because we're able to go to auctions or look at properties that are on a more quick sale from the owners. So allowing us to step in and do that has been fantastic because that way we're able to, to secure those critical properties. And, you know, we're really focused on acquisitions that are, you know, adjacent to current properties or in holdings. So it's got a little bit of a limited scope to it, but at the same time, it's so wonderful because these are properties that DNR wouldn't be able to secure without our help. Jody Crest is our guest, and he is the director of the Natural Resources Foundation. So the governor comes up this week. You dedicate this. It's 150-some acres, but it's in the Tri-County Fish and Wildlife Area up near Noble County. Always great to add one acre, nonetheless, in the bigger chunks like you're able to do. What, what type of recreational opportunities can people enjoy as a result of this acquisition? 
Well, I think this property is going to be part of the fish and wildlife portfolio uh, within the Department of Natural Resources. So I think there's going to be hunting and fishing opportunities uh, on this property. But at the same time, I think there's going to be some hiking availability uh, and also, you know, just going out to do some birding uh, or just to go sit and relax and enjoy our outdoors. So as we look forward to the fall and into next year, you've had some great accolades in your partners and your organization of the Million Tree Initiative. And I know we were getting close just a few months ago ahead of schedule based on the governor's mandate to plant a million new trees. And you guys took the lead in that. And we're about ready to click that over, aren't we? Yeah. I, I believe so. You know, the Division of Forestry and, and Jack Seaford and, and his whole team has really been instrumental in that effort to make sure that happens. And we've been able to come in and play a very small part in that. And we've also brought some partners to the table. So we've been doing corporate tree plantings for a while. And we had two this spring, and we're actually getting ready to do two this fall. Uh, actually, next week, we're going to be with Houston Solar at Prophetstown planting about 3,000 trees. And then the next week, we're going to be working with Cliff Bar down at Green Sullivan state forest to plant another 5,000 trees. So we have a a pretty busy schedule ahead of us with those tree plantings, but it's really great because we're leaving a a legacy for future generations to enjoy our state forest lands. Boy, that is, you know, when you think about planting a million trees and I just hear you roll off, we're going to plant 3,000, we're going to plant 5,000. That couldn't happen without volunteers. And I know Cliff Bar has been an integral part of that. Absolutely. They've been with us. They were actually our first corporate tree planting uh, probably four or five years ago. Um, So they've been with us, you know, even sometimes a couple times a year. So they've been terrific partners. And it's really great to see those organizations and corporations that that work within the state of Indiana that really want to take care of the state and work within the community that they're very much a part of. So we really appreciate their efforts. Well, Jody, I appreciate everything that you do. We're ending that time of the year, and this is an opportunity for a brief commercial, but as a nonprofit, if you have philanthropy on your mind as you get ready towards the end of the year, keep the Natural Resources Foundation in mind because the money is so valuable and is, gosh, I I don't express to know anything about how you do what you do because it's so complicated at times, but... If you want a good place to park your money and know it's going to be well spent, the Natural Resources Foundation is probably the right place to you as we round the year. How'd I do on that? You did fantastic, Brian. And and I think the one thing we look at, especially with the land acquisition and the support we're able to raise with that, you know, those are things that when you talk about leaving a legacy, once we buy that land and we transition it to the Department of Natural Resources, that's forever. So those lands are forever protected for the state for all Hoosiers to enjoy. Always great to visit with you, my friend. Happiest of falls to you, and best of luck with your upcoming events, and congratulations on the uh, Mallard Roost edition up at the Tri-County Fish and Wildlife Area. Jody, great to visit with you and all your staff. Absolutely. And Brian, one last plug, if, if you will. Uh, if people are interested in donating to the foundation, they can go to indiananrf.org and hit the donate button. It's really, we've made it very simple for them. So, and we Here, I forgot the most, I gave you all that glowing commercial <laughs> and then I just forgot to give you the, the, the punchline, right? Good. Thank you for well, that. Well, that's okay. We always, we always appreciate being on the show and sharing what we're doing. And as we move into 2024, I think we're going to have a lot more exciting stuff to share with you. Appreciate you, my brother. Thanks for being with us. Jody Kress from the Natural Resources Foundation. Great to visit with him. Always good to be with you. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't you dare think about going anywhere. We're going to be back right after this.
So great to be with you early November. Hard to believe, but so anxious for the things that are going to be coming here in the next month as the deer season starts. Well, it's already in, but uh, firearm season, a lot of folks taking the field and forest. I, your host, Brian Pointer, hopefully will be one of them. We are brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. So great to visit with Jody Kress from the Natural Resources Foundation. Big addition of some land. The governor was involved earlier this week or actually yesterday and uh also the award-winning outdoor indiana magazine speaking of award-winning our good friend outdoor writer friend of indiana outdoors brandon butler joins us brandon it's been a minute how you been doing great brian good to be back all right i got one thing on my mind and i saw that i know you've got an affinity for montana but uh with all the stories that you tell us about outdoor riding and your adventures and all the stuff that's happened uh i know how much montana means to you and i think you brought back some moose meat didn't you (laughs) i did you know when you look at the cost of having to apply for those big licenses every year and you're like you know what i'll never draw one so i'm not going to do it I'm here to tell you, 18 years later, dreams do come true. So Is that right, 18? 18 years of applying, and honestly, that's not long in the grand scheme of things. Some people apply their whole lives and, and don't get it. And I, I finally hit a lottery. You know, but I'm one of those guys, I, I run a detailed spreadsheet. I apply for tags all over the West. I send in my my money you know it's not cheap it probably cost me 1500 bucks a year just in yeah some states make you buy a license like colorado now before you can even apply for a point so in colorado i have to buy a hunting license non-resident so that's like 100 bucks and i send like another 500 in to get points for moose goat sheep elk deer antelope and then it's wyoming montana um, Utah, Nevada. No wonder you have a spreadsheet. I know, man. It's complicated, but but when you pull the trigger on a, a bull moose in the wilds of Montana on public land with no guide, it, you know, it's pretty amazing. So you were solo for all practical purposes, without guide, kind of free ranging. Yeah, I took uh, a, a really good friend from New Mexico, Jesse Dubell, runs the New Mexico Wildlife Federation, big backcountry hunter. He flew up just to help, uh, took my girlfriend, Lauren, along, and then had a cameraman we call Hollywood Steve. He has been like director of photography for Grey's Anatomy and a bunch of other big shows, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, but he's been out of work because of this writer's strike out in Hollywood. So I said, you want to go film a moose hunt? And uh, so he did a great job, and we'll have a film out pretty soon i had some great sponsors silencer central savage rifles mystery ranch backpacks sawyer products Uh, it was really really cool so we're visiting with brandon butler and we need to unpack what you just described because i think people think oh you know hunting you just go buy a license you go into the woods well you've just given a classic example of what western hunting is all about and how game is managed to state to state and they all have different rules and it is very complex yes there's some places you can go perhaps buy something over the counter license but in these types of big game hunting this is what we do so well and that's to manage the population and it's you need a spreadsheet based on what you said and people don't realize you put your money at risk every time knowing that it's a very small chance you're even going to get it yeah it's true I, I just look at it as you know investment in conservation it's the best way i can make my myself feel okay about it and 
some people go to casinos, some people buy lottery tickets. You know, I, I take my shot in the big game draws. And now that I hit one, and, and this one, honestly, if I could hit any one, you know, it would be Moose in Montana. I lived out there for four years. My oldest kid is from there, uh, you know, born there. And I, I just love Montana, and I've always dreamed of shooting a moose. And I don't know. I did everything I could do as far as work from Missouri. I, I called game wardens, biologists, uh, an outfitter, you know, and, and just got as much information. I got maps from my topo used on X, dialed it in. In fact, um, found a friend of a friend who hiked in the area for me, gave me some, some waypoints. I went out there, I got there on a, I drove 26 hours straight through, got there on a Sunday night, went into one of the areas, thought this looked good, went back the next morning, climbed up on top of a mountain, glassed all day long, picked a spot that I wanted to go, looked good, went in there the next morning, and while I was getting set up, my buddy Jesse goes, bull moose, bull moose, and um, 80 yards away, he just came, he came to investigate what the noise was in his marsh, and uh, we dropped him. So we had about a mile and a half pack out and, uh, you know, me and Jesse were standing there talking about, you know, there's people that can tell you how these cell phones work and there's people that can launch a rocket to Mars, whatever. But we feel like dinosaurs in the sense that we can drive across the country, go into a wilderness with no knowledge, uh, harvest a thousand pound animal, take it apart with a couple pieces of steel and hike it out of the mountain. So um, that is going the way they're going in this world. Those skills might come back and be valuable again. <laughs> I think sooner than later. So you are uh, in Missouri. You've got Hoosier roots. You worked for our Department of Natural Resources for a long time, outdoor writer and traveler and adventurer. And where else are you going to be? I know you've probably been doing some deer sea, deer hunting over there uh, in your home, in your new home state. But what else you got planned this year? Um, I'm going to Maryland, Delaware, and Virginia in December. So I'm, I'm working on this quest I call 50 and 50 by 50, a hunter's quest to experience America. So I want to hunt successfully in every state by the time I turn 50. I'm 44 and I got 33 states done. Um, so I'm going to go with Jeff Crane, the CEO of the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation after a Sika deer in Maryland this fall and go out to a conference in Delaware, probably just hunt some squirrels or something easy out there. And then I'm going to Jamestown or Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia. Yep. I want to I shoot a deer where the very, very first, um, you know, white people to come across the ocean would have shot a deer. So I love the, so we've talked about that people. mission. We've talked about that mission. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to be your big cheerleaders back here. <laughs> um, before I leave you, anything for the good of the cause? Every time I talk to you, I feel like there's always great stuff. And the moose hunt was one in particular that struck me as a contributor here. People need to hear how those things happen and, and a fulfillment of a lifelong dream. As you said, 18 years of applying. Um, hopefully we'll find you back here in Indiana and do some fun stuff and get together. But in the meantime, you can count on us to bring people the Brandon Butler story. How's the podcast real quick? Podcast is great. Driftwood Outdoors. Check out the podcast. It's going going really well. Uh, the last nugget I'll leave is as a longtime member of the Hoosier Outdoor Riders. In fact, that's where I met you. You know, the uh, Turn in a Poacher, the tip program has been uh, asking us to help spread the word. And I just want to make sure people are aware that 
if you come across the game violation, if you have any questions, if you're dealing with issues from another hunter, anything like that, you know, the tip hotline yep. is there to help you. So make sure you, you know what it is. Save the phone number in your phone before you go hunting and uh, you bet. report violations through the tip hotline if you can. And I've always said this. We've ended every show for 25 years. Remember to turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-IDNR. And I talk to our tip board members uh, regularly because it is such a valuable thing. And that's the beautiful thing about it is you don't even have to have any firsthand knowledge. You might just suspect. Brandon, got to pay a few bills. I need to run. But thank you so much, as always, for your time. Best of luck the rest of this hunting season. Let's stay in touch. Thank you, Brian. Take care, man. My pleasure. Brandon Butler, one of my favorites. It is the Indian Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're going to be back right after this. Well, that just happened real quick. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I love bringing you the greatest in the Indiana outdoors and beyond. Today, Brandon Butler talking about his moose out in Montana. I love these passion stories. 18 years finally was drawn for his bull moose tag in Montana and successful and enjoy talking to uh, that outdoor writer as well as the Natural Resources Foundation. Big week. The governor was up at Mallard Roost and 150 acres at the Tri-County Fish and Wildlife Area. And Jody Kress, our friend at the Natural Resources Foundation, talking about what they do and why that is so important. Marty Benson, of course, is the director of communications or the uh, editor, I should say, of the Outdoor Indiana Magazine and a great friend of Indiana Outdoors buy a subscription folks turn in a poacher 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R just like Brandon Butler said we're going to be back next week be safe see you outside everybody mm-hmm.